0: This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes
1: on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR.
2: Thursday here on the show, that means a few things. It's time to catch up with our good friend of the show, Mr. Brian Backo. He, of course, of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, kind enough, to join us just about every single week. We were both uh, on vacation last week, missing it. What's up, Mister Backo? How was uh, how was the vacation partner? You refreshed, rejuvenated, and, and ready for the grind here. Uh, it kind of goes both
0: ways anymore when you have vacation. You you are rejuvenated to a degree, but you're also just like,
2: man, yeah, <laughs> you I need will- another vacation.
0: Yeah, like especially like the first day back. Obviously, it kind of sucks, but you're also like, you know, you're you're itching to do a little bit of work. I feel like it's that next week back, which is Ooh. where I am right now, where you're just like, okay, I'm, I wasn't really ready to get back to the grind. Let me let me take a little bit more time off. But it's fun. Today's like, everyone's saying it. It's like the first day of school as we get ready to head down there to the south side for practice.
2: Absolutely. And, and with that, before we get into some specifics here and, and training camp and, and Vince Williams' retirement oh. and all that good stuff... Mr. Backo is the funniest thing that we do every year. um, Not only as media people, but, but plenty of Steelers fans, Steeler nation at large is the funniest thing that we do is is critique the physique of professional athletes from uh from behind our our Twitter fingers or our keyboard screen I think it's hilarious like jabroni's like you know you and I and all these people on Twitter who are just drinking beers and and you know eating pulled pork and, and nachos and things like that commenting on the physique of professional athletes it is truly a tradition like no other
0: yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, everybody's only human. It's it's kind of an instinct to look at a guy and say, oh, well, he, he looks great. Or in some cases, eh, what was he doing this offseason? So you do, like, you know, your gut reaction will maybe sometimes pop up. But with Ben Roethlisberger, it always just gets taken to – it just gets taken to silly degrees. And I, I knew that was going to happen again this year. It happened two years ago when he was hurt and he had the beard that always adds some – some heft to your face, I think. Uh, and, and last year, it was the same storyline as ever. He's in great shape. And, and now this year, like, you've got two warring factions. It's like the Ben Civil War the people who say that he's lean and mean, and the other people who are like, oh, man, I, I, if anything, he looks worse than I thought. So <laughs> uh, I don't think it really matters from either end of the spectrum. Uh, all that really matters is, is what he's able to, to put on tape this year and what he can do uh, in the
1: win loss column. Hey, but Mr. Batco, come on now. We all like to be movie critics. We'll watch a movie and say, "Ah, it was good. It wasn't good." And none of us act or shoot film. So, with the heart of that, how does Ben look? Is a slim Ben or is a big Ben, baby? What you got? What you got for me, man? Talk to me. He looks
0: the same as ever. <laughs> like that's what I was saying. Uh, whatever last week or, or whatever it was on Twitter that all this
1: when the buzz report came
0: up about how he's the you know, BR7. dropping all this weight. Yeah. And, you, yeah, and you won't recognize him. I'm like, dude, we just saw him last month. Like it's like the dude went underground into the lab running on the treadmill like Fifty Cent, like he just saw him practice in person at Heinz Field. You were there, modes. You were there. Mo. I felt like I felt like Lugatsu and Zoolander. Am I taking crazy
1: still? Uh, yeah.
2: not the Fifty Cent reference and the, the Zoolander oh reference god. in the same. Oh my god, that that's Hall of Fame stuff wow. right there. Wow. Brian Backo. He's never taking crazy pills. Oh he's, uh, goodness. he's, he's doing the good stuff <laughs> with the Steelers coverage. Um, all right, let's get into it. Vince Williams news yesterday, uh, on report day, the day before the first practice, uh, how surprised were you? Let's start there with, with Vince Williams retirement yesterday.
0: Oh, I, I was shocked. Like I, I don't, I can't really understand anybody who paints this as something other than surprising. I mean, now I think we know what, former Steelers linebacker. Uh, we won't mention where he went to college. Terrence Garvin was tweeting about a few days ago. Uh, he said he knew something that other people didn't know. You you know, Steelers Nation, uh, the people who are way too wrapped up in social media, at least, were all, uh, you know, eager to see uh, who it was that they were going to sign. But instead, it's a guy who's not going to be on the roster this season. And the, the fact that we went through the whole Vince do doe of contract terminated to coming back on a uh, a one-year deal just maybe all the more stunning to me that he's going to walk away and he's going to decide to do it uh the, the day before camp actually starts so uh yeah i did not see that one coming uh you know wish vince the the best hopefully he is doing okay with this decision but uh just yet another uh member of the old guard here who said Do I want to push forward with all these, you know, young, fresh faces that I'm maybe not familiar with? Or do I want to hang it up and and cut my losses? And I guess Vince is cutting his losses here.
1: Now, in reaction to that, do you think the Steelers will go out and add a veteran linebacker? Or do you think they're going to ride with the guys that they have?
0: I don't think so. I I think they're going to ride. You know, I have made it a point to listen to, to your guys first segment since uh, I knew most would come correct with great insight uh, on a guy that he played with Vince uh, well, and Vince Williams. I appreciate you Motz, on that. Yeah I thought you made a great point that what they're losing with Vince isn't necessarily you know big time pedigree or athleticism or sideline to sideline speed it's the leadership factor like that's what I think he was going to bring this season maybe even more than production although he was in the stat column. Uh, at least early last season. But I, I think with Bush back healthy, Robert Spillane being a guy who played a ton and, and someone they clearly like, I don't think Vince was in line for a huge role, but what he was going to bring uh, was just that that seasoned grizzled veteran mentality that they didn't have otherwise in that group. And I don't know that there's somebody like that out there free agent-wise. So uh, I think if you're the Steelers, you just hope that Bush and Spillane can step up in that regard and on the field, and somebody like Buddy Johnson or or Marcus Allen or Ulysses Gilbert uh, will be able to play that number three role, the way Vince would have physically.
1: Now, I know you said that there's not a guy with the leadership qualities that Vince would possess, but there is a veteran linebacker who was just on the roster a year ago. Ah. Granted, it was later in the year by the name of Avery Williamson. Could that be a guy that we could see return, though?
0: I don't know if I really that because I don't think that's necessarily what he was bringing last year and to no fault of his own I mean he was coming in here jumping on a moving train uh, you know he, he had experience in the league yes but not really with the Steelers and, and I think if you're uh, you know trying to get someone to kind of grab the bull by the horns with that unit I mean Bush and Spillane have, have been here longer than he had so uh, I mean hey maybe they'll keep the tires on him but at the same time uh, while you, you'd love to have Vince back, it's, it's still a pretty crowded position. At least, you know, there's a lot of bodies there and, and there's depth. Is it quality depth? That's what we're going to find out. But uh, it does at least improve the chances, I think, of uh, some guys like Marcus Allen or, or Ulysses Gilbert sticking around because I think otherwise one of them, maybe both, would have been on the chopping block.
2: Hmm. Oh, buddy. Dude, to kind of just round out that the conversation of leadership, right? Does that does that feel Mr. Backo? I mean, now all of a sudden, right, you've lost some some real leaders in terms of the team last year on both sides of the football. And yeah, you bring in, I I think this was part of the good business. You know, Trey Turner was a former team captain. Um, Melvin Ingram, four year team captain uh, with the Chargers. Do you think maybe, and we look back on it even in the draft, right? A lot of the guys they took in the draft, too, were, were tenured captains at their universities. Does that seem like it was maybe a, a theme of the offseason now in hindsight?
0: Yeah, it could be. I mean, they, they knew that they were going to have to put on some instant impact guys in this draft, no doubt. And, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of all-in season right now with Ben. I mean, how can it not be? You're, you're getting him. For one last go around, you would hope that you're, you're putting all the necessary pieces in place around him. There's maybe a little bit less time or less of a leash for, for projects, if you will. So, uh, you know, of course, that's going to be uh, a major storyline this training camp, this preseason uh, on the offense around Ben. But, you know, you're right. That's that's also something that's relevant with the defense as they try to, to basically reshape uh, the, the ancillary pieces around that core of uh, Hayward, Watt, Fitzpatrick, Hayden, and Bush.
1: Hmm. And now oh. now you have brought up two names earlier, right? Marcus Allen and UG3, Ulysses Gilbert Third, What do you think is their ceiling, though, at this stage in their career?
0: Just, I mean, backup level and someone who can come in there and maybe do what Spillane managed to do last season in the event of injury. I mean, both of those guys are kind of like forgotten men a little bit. They are. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're they're in no man's land and they were even more so when Vince was part of the equation. Now that he's not, uh, I think they've got maybe a lot more to play for in in terms of playing time. Of course, they're still going to have to do the dirty work for Danny Smith and the boys on special teams. But uh, yeah, you'd like to see uh, a leap forward here in, in training camp action in a preseason that, both of those guys probably would have benefited from last year.
1: Now, just – I got another one. I got another one. (laughs) And and I love when we get these combos going like this. (laughs) I know you said that the organization, you don't think that they would do anything in terms of movement, right? They're going to ride with these guys they have. But if you were Kevin Colbert, if you were the GM of the Mm. Pittsburgh Steelers, how confident would you be in this inside linebacker group? I mean, it, it all depends
0: on the health of Bush, which, you know, my colleague Jerry Dulac at the Post-Gazette tweeted yesterday that all systems go for him health-wise. He's, he's looking good, and uh, he's going to be fully cleared to uh, to move around today. So that's encouraging. I, I thought Spillane did some good things last year, and if they were really, uh, you know, down on him at all, they, maybe they draft somebody higher uh, at that spot than they did Buddy Johnson. So – Uh, I I think it's a cautious optimism, most. but, like, you can say that about a lot of positions on this team right now. And it's such a double-edged sword. Like, I I think offensive line is the best example of this, specifically tackle. You've got two guys there that are are promising, have potential, and Chooks a quarter for and Zach Banner. And you've been waiting a while now to see Banner do anything and Chooks, you know, hold it down at left tackle. So that's why I don't necessarily blame Kevin Colbert for not drafting a tackle high or going out there and getting someone uh, with a little better track record than Joe Haig because, you know, you you want the investments that you made to pay off. And for better or worse, it, it's going to be those, those guys time to shine and, and to do that for you.
2: Brian Backo, our guy who's always shining with us here on The Afternoon Delight. Make sure you're uh, checking out all his work in the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. All right, Mr. Backo, you know I got to ask you this. It's the standard question for this time of year. What camp battle are you most interested to see play out?
0: I think it's center because it's a it's a three-way battle. It's not just two guys and you've got someone who's very familiar with the organization and vice versa in BJ Finney. Uh, although he didn't uh, didn't do much last season in his first year away from the Steelers. You've got J.C. Hassenauer who, you know, uh, it, it, the, the range of expectations for him, I feel like, could go anywhere from continuing to start at center like he did a few times last season or not even making a team. Uh, and then, of course, the guy that, you know, I, I think any Steelers fan and anybody in the, the front office, the scouting department, should hope when the job is Kendrick Green because he's a rookie, a third-round pick that, maybe you can build around with that offensive line. So uh, that's the one that, you know, I'm very curious to see. And from a reporting standpoint, you know, to make it easier on us guys, uh, it, it's a role where there's just going to be one guy who is that starter. I mean, it's, it's not like trying to gauge who's the slot quarterback when they're moving pieces around or even, uh, you know, the, the number two inside linebacker or something along those lines. It'll be very apparent from the get-go uh, who the Steelers uh, are, who's leading the way, basically, in the battle et cetera?
1: Well, I want to af- ask you a little off-the-wall question real quick. About the L.A. Rams, <laughs> man, you see that uh, Cam Akers, he's done, torn Achilles. We know that there is a former running back of this parish by the name of <laughs> Juice Man El Bal. Livia. can we see a-, a scenario where he ends up in L.A. with the Rams?
0: I- I- hey, maybe. I-, I think if there's any coach who... Like personality-wise, would maybe be willing to t- take on that risk uh, in the locker room. Isn't it Sean McVay? I mean, he's he's a little bit out there. I think he would probably admit that himself. So, uh, that that would be uh, an intriguing ad for the Rams. Sort of have to wonder if Le'Veon really has anything left in the tank, and, and if uh, if all of his screws are tightened <laughs> up top, but, uh, it, it would add a little bit of juice to this NFL season, no doubt. And I guess the, the last point I'll make on that is, in, in terms of never say never, I kind of thought AB uh, was was maybe going to get the cold shoulder from every team, and yet uh, he came back, came back in a major way, and won a ring. So uh, I'm
1: Super not Bowl call champion out AB, LLGF all right. <laughs> that is Super Bowl champion Super AB. Super Bowl champion AB, and he got a whole lot of money. Just uh, he sure does. <laughs>
0: is a better rapper
1: than both though i'm gonna yes oh. yes what well, you know what that's 1000% agree that's yes. important
0: <laughs> that is
2: that, that that that's very important uh mochi you got anything else for our for our
1: partner in crime here no man i'm good on my end but i did have a question mr Bacco. did you enjoy the lovely state of virginia oh yeah did, did you enjoy oh, yeah. Yeah, oh. We, we enjoy it every year
0: uh, okay love, love the
1: 757
0: we, we also i know. A little bit of time in Richmond as well. Yeah, so, yeah. 804. We uh, in the building. Fine, yeah, another fine city down there, and in, uh, in my second favorite state. I will give Virginia that distinction, right behind the home state of PA. But uh, man, yeah, no,
1: major no, love. stopped
0: in DC. Uh, spent a little bit time in dc as well the georgetown area, which yeah,
2: beautiful area yeah beautiful area beautiful I area i didn't
0: see alonzo morning or patrick chewing walking around <laughs> so that was a little bit disappointing <laughs> but uh, pretty sweet campus honestly
2: yeah my my sister actually just got home yesterday from a lacrosse tournament yeah. at, at georgetown so nice. she so she was just out there fellas all right real quick before we let mr backo go um i have professed this to arthur moats before i don't know if i have to you brian but i love cookout Okay, hey, now. The, the regional fast food restaurant in Virginia and Get in the, the Carolinas.
1: You know how we do it. So
2: you guys know, all right. I j- I spent nine days in the Carolinas and in Virginia. I want both of your guesses. How many times in nine days I had cookout? Uh, Backo, you first. I'm gonna say eleven. In nine days,
1: eleven times. Jeez, I think <laughs> I'd be dead. 11. I do. You see, I was going six. I was saying because I figure you're gonna skip some days, but you might double up on a day, and it's always there for the late night. The answer was five. Oh, that was close. Five times in
2: nine days. I got me a cookout tray.
0: I go Bojangles over cookout any day of the
2: week. And twice for breakfast. What What? about Zaxby's? What are our thoughts on Zaxby's? I had Zaxby's for the the first time.
0: Yeah. I I go Zaxby's. Zaxby's below both of those. And if you want to throw... Raisin canes as a somewhat southern mm, delicacy in there. Okay, okay. Uh, I think it's blowing
2: all of them out of the water. I like okay. I like raisin canes. Yeah, okay. for sure. There's one of those in Youngstown, Ohio, though. Now, so not too far away from Pittsburgh. Our buddy Brian Bacco, great stuff as always. You'll be hearing more of him, buddy. We'll be doing a uh, maybe next week. We'll be doing this in person from Damn at it. Hines Field. But thanks for your time as always, partner. And we'll chat soon.
0: Yeah, that would be great. Talk to you fellow
2: so soon. There he goes, Mister Backo, our favorite guest, our only guest, really right. here on the show. I mean, if we're being completely honest. I mean, that's the way we're supposed to have it, though, bro. We don't need a lot of new people. And that's the way. No new friends. You know what, Arthur Motes? Let's get into this now, as we got uh, a few minutes left in this segment. Okay, let's talk about it. Speaking of no new friends, I want your thoughts on this. Uh, this college football news of yesterday. Uh huh. Um, for those unfamiliar with what news. I'm talking about. Yes. I, I listen. I I have been saying for years that in around 2024, 2025, there was going to be another wave of conference realignment. Um, but man, it, it got kick started yesterday. Uh, the Houston Chronicle reporting, uh, and really no one denying it that, that Oklahoma and Texas have reached out to the SEC, um, that they would like to join the SEC in 2023, realistically, more realistically, probably 2024. Um, Motes I have I've been very clear with this too. I've been very open with this as well. I'm happy that WVU got out of the sinking ship that was the Big East. Uh the Big 12 was perfect for us at the time, but I've always hoped that we would get into the ACC one day just because I want regional rivals again. Yes. I want Virginia and Virginia Tech and Syracuse and Boston College and, and and Miami and obviously that university that's located in the Oakland district of Pittsburgh. Like I want those teams on the schedule every year and it's different having them as non-conference games in early September than it is playing them in November, you know, when, when it it's, matters, when it matters when yes. there's maybe a spot in the conference championship game mm. on the line, when the winner goes
1: to a decent are, ball game. Are you and trying the to lose again late in the year, or some... are you trying to return to favor? Which one are you trying to go for? I'm always trying to win. Okay, okay. I'm always sure. trying to win. Okay, because I was say, I remember, you know, never mind. Yeah, yeah, I know, yeah. I know. You I go, didn't know, it. it's like it's still haunting you, and you're like, I got to get some get back. But it is most,
2: I, I think... We we talked about this a little bit with the national uh, name and image likeness Yes. with the name and image likeness uh, letter that, that went into rule law that went into effect. I just man five ten years from now the college la- especially particularly college football the
1: landscape is going to be so different. It is man it is but I'm not a, I'm not against it I'm, I, I like change and I do too. I do think that we saw the first major step man with the in the NILs officially going into to you know act, or have you want to say that, or officially being allowed, in a sense. But to me, man, I just think this is another step of what we've been hitting at, what people have been talking about, in terms of seeing these power conferences, just be able to say that we don't need the NCAA, man. And if you're able to get Texas and Oklahoma in the SEC, which is already dominant, My goodness. imagine like, they don't need... They NCAA. can have their own
2: national championship every exactly. year. Exactly. Yeah. So that's the, what this is all building. Absolutely.
1: To. So this is like another one of those first steps of a long uh, this uh, a long list of steps that need to happen for that to transpire. But that's how I look at it, man. I thought them expanding the playoffs. It's was all in the, huge. everything's yeah. in the name of revenue. That's absolutely. What it all, it's all generating people, more money, man. You know,
2: like I I was talking about this yesterday on the on the ESPN show when the news broke, and people are tweeting me about like academics, and people are tweeting me about market size. That stuff doesn't matter anymore. Mm-hmm. One thing matters. Mm-hmm. Revenue. Absolutely. That's it. Absolutely. Can you earn it? And and Oklahoma and Texas are two of the biggest brands in college football. Um, you know, I would say certainly with, with, like, Ohio State, Clemson, Notre Dame, right, probably the biggest brands that aren't in the SEC already. Mm-hmm. I mean, from 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 the SEC standpoint, it's an absolute no-brainer. No, oh, come on it's a now. no-brainer. <laughs> you're, you're
1: getting to the biggest draws in the Midwest, and let's be Middle honest the state, too. Like, both of the those country, schools,
2: like their athletic departments, are. Yes. It's not just football. No, no, no. Football, it's basketball, basketball and soccer,
1: wrestling, yes. Olympic sports. Yes. Like it's, it's
2: it's baseball is huge. Yes. At the,
1: those they get ten thousand fans yes. at their baseball games. Big time. It's big revenue. I mean, think about OU, women's softball team. That's the one who knocked us out.
2: They won. The, did they win? Yeah, the, they they won won the national championship, yeah, they? Didn't knocked they? us out the day, yeah. man.
1: Texas,
2: yeah. Texas, Motsy. Like it's Texas, and you. If you look at Olympic sports at schools, oh yeah, track and field, swimming, Texas, all that, Texas, volleyball. Yeah. It's Texas and Stanford are like the gold standards, Are mm-hmm. the gold standards of you like. Go to Texas for that. You, yeah. it, it, and so it is a no-brainer for the SEC. I wonder though, Motes, Like if you were an Oklahoma fan, right? Let's put ourselves in some Boomer Sooner shoes here. Hey now. Is just from a, a purely competition football perspective, is going to the SEC the best thing for Oklahoma?
1: No, it's probably not for any of those teams. As, as long I mean, as Bama's at, there, and, and, and at, at best, right? Unless they go to the East. Well. <laughs> now Joe is just feeling some type of way to go to the East. And how you they, feel they, and so? could,
2: they could thrive in the East, but Oklahoma, I mean, Oklahoma does. I know from experience. I'm. I'm yeah. I guess I'm a Big 12 guy now. I have been for the last nine years. Yeah. Like Oklahoma. Runs runs rough shot in the Big yes, Twelve. Yes, they they do. They have no challenger. Yeah, there's been occasional years where Baylor was all right. There's been occasional years where Texas was all right. But dude, they've won the conference yes. like ten of the last twelve yes. years. But they don't. They don't. Want, they the don't want to be in years. the West with
1: Bama. No, no, no. You, you, you no. take them to the East at least. They, but they, wouldn't that be really funny if yeah. Oklahoma was in the East? <laughs> Bro, George will be over there, just like God. Why are you doing this to us now? <laughs> They whatever. certainly would. Or, you know what? Put them both in the West. Put o- OU and Texas in the West. Well,
2: see, that's the thing, too. Straight I feel like they back. would have to, like, they, they're going to have to continue to play every year. And I, yeah. you can have those protected right, rivalries, right, right. even can, if yeah. you're in, in cross conference.
1: But, yeah, man, I'm just, like, I, I love college football so much. I'm not going to lie. I feel like Texas and OU, if they're in the SEC, that's going to seem way more weird to me than Mizzou being in the SEC. 100%. And AM being it in the SEC. It still feels weird to me when I see Mizzou in the SEC. I'm like, how? Like, why? They don't fit.
2: They don't fit at all. They don't fit. Like, they they don't fit at all, man. It's almost kind of like WVU in the Big 12. Seriously, it's just, like, it's weird. It's just weird. How does this fit? It's Nebraska in the Big 10. Right. It just, it's bizarre. Yeah, and I, I do hope that we're... Getting to the point where it is just going to be a couple super conferences. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of it. Feels like that's what we're you know, give it another oh, yeah. ten years, and the Big Twelve is going to go the way of the Big East. Like mm-hmm. it'll still exist, but it's going to get plucked through by all the other conferences. Like I said, I would love it if we're sitting here three, four years from now, and the ACC adds uh, WVU and Notre Dame. You know, Notre Dame on a full time basis, or, or maybe Cincinnati as well Whoa. too. Yeah, I'm ready yeah. to see how the dominoes
1: move though. Uh, if, me too. If Texas and OU because- leave. What happens to a team like Houston? What happens to, you know... Because uh, that'd be the Big 12's first move, right? Yeah. They'd
2: try and pluck, like, all right, let's get Houston, let's get UCF. Yeah. You know, let's get some of these these bigger, maybe Cincinnati, mm-hmm. maybe the Big 12 goes after Cincinnati. Right. So that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, all I'll right, well, go going that route because I can see that. I could easily see that, man. I could easily see that, too. I mean, at least Cincinnati would give me a game I could drive to as a WVU fan. <laughs> 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 that's really... You know I'm selfish in this, I just, I just want regional rivals again. That's all there's I'm asking. Wrong, for. With there's there's wrong with that? Maybe it's JMU. JMU gonna find their
1: way into the Big Twelve here. Hey man, we'll see what's up.
2: Hey uh, Arthur Motz, you know he put up some money for those facilities. We'll, we'll see what's up, man? That is that's half the battle too. I mean, it's it's such a facilities yes. war in college sports now.
1: For it's, us, football wise, we have the stadium. Basketball wise, we have the full. Uh, yeah, your, bas- facilities for your that. basketball arena is nice. Yeah, the big thing that that's holding us back compared to some of those teams that are ready to make that bigger jump, bro. They have like legit full indoor bubbles just for football, whereas we have a bubble, but multiple teams use it. They have these things just for football. Right. That's the difference of a $400 million budget right there. Exactly, The big difference. Exactly. You, you, go to, you can go to Liberty University and you're like, oh, y'all have this and this, but you see this bubble, you see that, and it's like that's the reason that's That's the the difference (laughs) yes that's (laughs) it
2: 100 percent difference man it it obviously a lot of that gets to you know your endowment and your Mm -hmm. donors and everything but a lot of that too is the and that's why there's the conference shuffling it's that media money Mm -hmm. from the conferences um i've seen it you know in the nine years since wvu has gone to the big 12 mozi our facilities in the past decade have skyrocketed in morgantown Mm -hmm. um Football re- completely revamped a bunch of stuff at the stadium and at the practice facility. Basketball completely revamped the stadium. Uh, baseball got a brand-new, gorgeous, one of the nicest parks in all of college baseball that they share with the Pirates single-A team, yeah. um, but that is owned by WVU. Um, Olympic sports got a whole new center. The soccer field got redone. That That's what it's all about. That's That's my concern as it relates to, so let's go complete doomsday here, right? And I'm I'm talking about me personally
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> that Texas and OU leave mm-hmm. and the Big 12 dissolves or it becomes you know a shell of its former self. Okay. It's not considered a power football right, conference right. anymore. My biggest concern is again we're talking about that revenue splitting. I, I don't know if the ACC or the Big Ten is going to want to add another um, uh, to cut that pie into another piece or two. Because if you're making, say you're making $20 million a year, you know, each team in the conference right. splits the media rights and that comes out to $20 million a year, they're going to want to add WVU and bring that number down to 16? Ah, you
1: bring a good point there. That's
2: that. Because with Notre Dame, there, right. with a brand like Notre Dame, you can justify it. No, no, it's fine. With a brand yeah. like Oklahoma and Texas and the SEC, yes. you can justify it.
1: W. But there's w, not though, many. But, but W has a strong brand,
2: though. It, it does, and again, we are in a much brand. better place than we were a decade ago in this conversation. And y'all happened. have the
1: flexibility because y'all are not just a football school. Correct. Some places are just a basketball school or just a football. Correct. Like if it's UConn, we're talking about. UConn only brings hoops to the table. Kansas. You know what I mean? Like it's mainly just hoops they bring to the table. Even Kansas State, to an extent, like you can make those. Like that's what we're saying. whereas like W. We've seen women's basketball, men's yeah. basketball. We've seen yeah. football. We've seen the Olympic sports like soccer programs. Y'all, y'all both, bring, like, both you see what I mean? Like y'all ranked. bring enough. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah, baseball was just in the college mm-hmm. World Series last year. Yeah, so that's how
1: JMU is. JMU like it's not just football. we got, got, got women's basketball. We got men's got basketball. To, we got Olympic sports. Like, we got baseball. To. So Like you got to have all of it, man.
2: You have to, especially if you if you want to be a big time program. All that mm-hmm. stuff goes hand in hand. But yeah, I'm. I'm obviously very interested just to see the, the changing landscape of college football over the next five, ten years. It's going to be wild. Uh on Twitter, at Wes Euler at the body52. The uh, real quick, Wallace wants to know uh if they were to, to go to free agency for, for you know for an inside linebacker, would you go more coverage guy or run stopper? And then he says that the three names that stand out to me right now Avery Williamson, BJ Godson,
1: uh BJ Goodson, pardon me, and KJ Wright. I, mean, I love KJ. KJ, KJ love Wright. his guy. Cool, cool, cool. Love his game. I don't necessarily he, but if we go KJ, he's the coverage part, right? If if For me, I'm torn because athletically, Devin should be able to do this. Problem is we just haven't seen him do it enough right. just and yet. And he's coming off a serious T- it's knee right, injury. To, to be able to say we 100% have the coverage guy down. Because if we have that, well then sure, you go ahead and you just draft a th- – I mean you get a thumper, you pick him up and then you'll be good to go because I think that's the, the clear cut – Part that's missing. Spillane is a good player. Spillane doesn't have the nastiness that Vince plays with. Correct. Devin doesn't have that. That's that's an identity. That's an identity thing. And we saw what it looked like when it wasn't available. When it wasn't hitting like that, we saw that late in the year. So that to me is a part where I'm like, I know how significant that is, especially in the AFC North. Cleveland is running that ball.
2: Baltimore is running that ball. ball.
1: Even Joe Mixon can run that route. Like. These are the things that I'm thinking to myself, like, you need to do. He can he can come down here and set that tone. Play downhill. We, we don't really have that right all the way.
2: We do not. That, that but I then, agree with you. But,
1: but then it's just like, like I said, if we don't know if Devin is the the legit cover linebacker, because, yes, he's fast. But example of a fast linebacker, but we haven't seen productivity, Ulysses Gilbert. Ulysses Gilbert is fast. He tests extremely well. We haven't seen him in the stadium enough to say, well, you know what? He can cover every Titan in his league. We haven't seen that just yet. Right. So to sit here and act like that's some foregone conclusion, that to me is the part where I'm like, well, does it make sense to bring in a guy like KJ then? Because at least you got insurance right there, you know? That's
2: a good point. That's a good point. Uh, Get those tweets. Keep those tweets rolling in. At Wesley Uler at The Body. Fifty Two. We will uh, get to all those as we wrap up in the final segment. We'll also have some fun expansion draft talk on the heels of the NHL expansion draft yesterday. Some hypotheticals for if that were to happen in the NFL to the Steelers. So we'll get to all that on the other side. Uh, Ranger Abraham, our new buddy from out in Colorado. Shout out. Says, uh, I'm listening to the show. I'd love to see the University of Cincinnati play in the Big 12. They are kicking butt lately in football. I'm a Virginia Tech fan, but I like UC as well since I'm originally
1: from Ohio. Cincinnati, man, they've been doing their thing. I tell
2: you what, Absolutely. Ranger Abraham, he likes Cincinnati and Virginia Tech. That's a little, that's a little college football rival I just Uh-oh. found there, uh-huh. Ranger. <laughs> we'll get to the rest of the tweets hey on now. the other side. Keep them rolling in. It's the Steelers blitz. I almost said the other show that. I, did you see how I departed? Yeah, I noticed that. I almost said, the, I was like, I said the other. Pause. It's the Steelers blitz on SNL.